0: Master
1: Certified Coach Christopher McCullough
0: There it is, there it is We had a hilarious moment of uh, locking ourselves out of the studio It's a comedy act unintentionally uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach and host and uh, producer of this here podcast, uh, the Coaching Show. You're listening to us on wsradio.com or anywhere five podcasts are available, including accomplishmentmedia.com. We want to uh, let you know that we've delighted to have an in studio guest today, Doctor Joni B. Connell. He is PhD. She's president and CEO of Flexible Work Solutions as a consultant. Joni develops leaders across generations. She coaches executives and youth at Flexible Work Solutions. She's a consultant in a variety of areas, including executive leadership development, diversity, generations, flexible work arrangement, work-life balance, team building, and others. Her clients range from Fortune 100 companies to uh, nonprofits, non-government agencies, uh, and other industries. You can find her on the web by going to the YouTube and looking for Joni, J-O-A-N-I-E, B, Connell, C-O-N-N-E-L-L, in addition, she is an author her latest book, Flying Without a Helicopter, How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. I think we know who the helicopters are in the hat. And you can find out more about that book and more at flyingwithout.com. Flexible Work Solutions, of course, available at com. All right. Just before the break, we talked a lot about millennials, and we had a certain tone. <laughs> <laughs> As, again, quoting Jerry Seinfeld, I never realized how much of my marriage would be discussing my tone. Um, I think millennials have a, generally a bad rap are there Are there positives? Are there positive things about these, or are we just screwed
2: <laughs> Oh, millennials are actually great people, and you know there are some people who just love millennials in different generations, and I think that first of all, it's hard to make a generalization about. So many millions of people, right, yeah, right? right, right. So that we do have a lot of diversity. In fact, the most diversity ever in that generation. Oh, that's right. So that's something to consider. That we're not necessarily talking about um, all those people and lumping them all together. And you know, we talk about the helicopter parenting and and some of the entitlement factors. We're probably dealing with a lot with the middle class, mm-hmm. um, maybe uh, the upper disappearing class, middle class, right? The right. disappearing, right? So. Um, But what are some of the positives? Well, look at what they're doing in the workplace. They are forcing organizations to focus on social responsibility, Mm. right? Bringing that in and saying, hey, you know what? It's not only about making money. We have some responsibilities to the rest That's of the right. world here That's and to right. our communities.
0: That's right. My mother worked every day of her life and would never have considered taking a day off unless she was, you know, deathly ill, right? But but millennials are coming in with, you know, give me a flexible work schedule, let me work from home. Mm-hmm. Really a very different idea in just a couple of generations about what work-life balance could be or should be even, right? right?
2: What yes. other
0: What other positives?
2: Uh, work-life balance. Also just the way that leadership is... Uh, manifesting today, millennials are making demands of leaders that are annoying leaders a lot, I think, mm-hmm. but making them realize that, no, it's we need to w- focus on the people. And uh, millennials want development, they want interesting work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they want futures. You know, they want to be moving up and getting new opportunities. And so, You know, that's something that we've all been wanting, most of us at least. Hardly anyone just wants to show up and be bored all day, right? So we want this, but a lot of us have either not been in a position to or been afraid to ask for that, but they are making it happen, Mm -hmm. and work is shifting to accommodate that. And uh, as millennials become leaders, they are taking it much more seriously, too. I mean, I was actually, I'm teaching a class on mentoring uh, next week, and you know, just looking at some of the research on what mentors have to do today and what the expectations are on mentors, you know, it's it's making time for uh, their mentees. It's making an investment in them. It's, uh, you know, putting together a whole program and uh, to focus on them rather than just like, hey, show up, All come right. follow me. If, if you know, I'll give you two minutes, you know, so it's uh, and the expectations are just so much greater now on developing younger people and older people, right? Because we have this cross-mentoring going on, too. So everyone's taking it more seriously.
0: Um, when your client, and I'm thinking about an organizational client now, maybe let's call it a Fortune 100 company, comes to you and says, look, we're, we're about to do, I don't know, uh, some substantial hiring. Let's say we're going to get 100 people in here for a new division or a, to expand a division. Is your recommendation, is your idea that it's a good idea to hire millennials? Is it a better idea to hire an older workers or workforce? Is it a better idea to have diversity and sort of a little bit of everybody? What is there, uh, Is that something you might consult on or work with people on?
2: Oh, yeah, but I would always find out what the needs are of the organization, right? Mm-hmm. And there actually are many organizations today that are having an issue where they don't have younger people coming in. Uh, especially in the trades and, and some of the technical kinds of worlds. I mean, not Google and those kind of tech jobs, but um, where where people aren't as interested in those kind of, of jobs, and so they have a huge gap. And so for them, absolutely, they need to find a way to bring millennials in and to uh, adjust the company to make everyone work together. But normally diversity is the way to go because – I mean, look at the advantages we've already seen on diversity in terms of gender, in terms of uh, ethnicity and background. But age, too, the different types of skills that people have and the perspectives, the wisdom that older people bring in, some of the tech skills that the younger people bring in, uh, the creativity, the fresh ideas. I mean, these are things that are important to have uh, across a company. Yeah, you can't go without
0: It's so important. You know, one of the things that, that sort of the subtext of our conversation is cultural awareness. Um, when you speak to, I'm, I'm reminded of one of my first jobs back in the day, and I'd like to sincerely apologize to those people, was uh, Deloitte um, hired me to come in and talk to their their young generation of, of upcoming, you know, future leaders and try and get them in line. Because, of course, back in those mm-hmm. days, you know, it was like, hey, they're not doing things right, according to us and and you know they were willing to invest in i think a full day or maybe two half days right mm-hmm. to to get these people these young people in line and of course the the real message was to the management saying um you're not going to get this generation in line you know the way you certainly not in a day or mm-hmm. two half days what um why I'm bringing it up is i'm thinking about all the cultural awareness that now organizations need to have, right? There's diversity sensitivity, there's disability sensitivity, there's um, differences in, you know, uh, cultures both generationally, but also in terms of, you know, more and more as a global society, right? We're working with someone in Asia, Mm -hmm. very distinct culture from working with someone in Africa, the Middle East, or um, even Southeast Asia from, say, China, right? So... With this constant sort of subtext of cultural awareness, and now we've got sexual politics and, and more of an awareness of leadership and um, and sort of the demands on leadership, where are you inviting people to start or to focus? Because it, se- it can seem overwhelming for no- not only organizational leaders, but even upcoming leaders, people who are just showing up in the workplace. That's a lot to manage.
2: Yeah, that's a good question in terms of you know, there's just so much out there to pay attention to. How do you stay focused on actually getting the job done? I or, guess. Yeah, perhaps. Well, you know, I think one of the things that uh, we advise people to do in working in teams, at least I do, especially in the multi-generational area, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't consider myself a diversity expert, um, but in terms of generations, yes, that it's about uh, finding common ground mm. to work with. And uh, part of that is understanding that we all have something in common in whatever it is, whether we like to cook or, or play tennis or, you know, some, something in the group that, or with an individual that you can land on, uh, you know, whether it be a hobby or something at work um, that you might have similar values on. Um, so finding that common ground to work together and also having the empathy there, the curiosity and the empathy And that's what I work on with teams who are multi-generational is, first of all, the curiosity to to learn about the other person and learn about their perspective without judging and having assumptions like, oh, they're worse because they're a millennial or, oh, they're just old and they don't know what they're talking about. But saying, wow, you know, you experienced something that I wasn't even alive for. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, you grew up in an age of, uh, you know, laptops or phones being available all the time. What was that? You know, so learning about that. And then the empathy part is understanding what their perspective is. It's not necessarily agreeing with their perspective. It's just putting yourself in their shoes. Now, I'm sure as a coach, you probably talk about this a lot or deal with this. But it's having that idea that they might have a different perspective and what that perspective is. What is the context that they're living in to get them to react in a certain way? And then once you understand that, then you can think about, okay, now where do we go from here? And what's the value there? You know, you don't have to judge it as a good or bad, but just to understand it.
0: One of my takeaways from our conversation is how important it is for us to ask questions. You know, as coaches, mm-hmm. it's sort of our stock and trade, right? Our whole gig is ask powerful questions or ask questions that reveal to the client, you know, his or her own worldview or bias or beliefs or whatever. But um, one of the things I'm hearing is a, a sort of a repeated throughout your comments is how important it is to ask questions rather than direct. Am I picking up what you're laying down?
2: Yeah, that's exactly it, Christopher. Thanks for saying that. Because that's just approaching uh, your people with a mindset of inquiry mm. rather than judgment. It makes a huge difference.
0: My eight year old the other day <laughs> said this may be interesting to no one but myself um, said, Dad, what's penetration mean? <laughs> And I froze in the way that parents do sometimes, you know, and I, I, I would, uh, um, why, uh, I can't, uh, and then I had that brief moment of asking a question, right, that clarity of like, um, can you use it in a sentence? And he said, sure, it's right here in my book. The en- the, the soldiers penetrated en- enemy lines, and, you know, I breathed again, and the world came back and there was gravity again, it was good. So, um, yeah, so the importance of asking questions. Uh, let's go back to your parenting, if you don't mind me jumping around. Sure. I like to keep you off balance. The, um, you know, probably because I didn't go to Harvard. No more trying to keep up. The, uh, the, challenges. You know, it's it's odd to talk to somebody who's writing a parenting book who didn't like parent five thousand kids, right? You've got one child who's sixteen years old. Will you share with us a, a current struggle or challenge or issue that maybe you haven't quite figured out yet just so that we know that you're a person and not just a, an amazing genius author?
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have so many. It's hard to choose. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't
0: like I don't have any. So no, let me no, make no. One yeah. up. Okay.
2: I think that's, that's the point is that, first of all, as a parent realizing that we're not perfect either, mm-hmm. um, but the challenge with a 16-year-old is college, right? Oh, that's right. what everyone's dealing with right now. And and, you know, it starts way back when there were even... I mean, some kids as young as eight are worrying about what college they are going to. And so it's been around for a while, but there's this... <laughs> Again,
0: I had a stick and a rock. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: I know. It wasn't that way for me. But um, so a question that comes up for me and also comes up with a lot of people that I work with is, but if you don't do all this and stick them in all these programs and hire coaches to get them on the college apps... They might be left behind, and mm. are they going to get into the school they need to to have the life that, the that well, basically that you want them to have, right?
0: Right, and the $120,000 in debt that goes right. with it, right.
2: And so it's this, this constant weighing back and forth, the struggle of like, wow, how much do I help and how much do I let her make mistakes on her own? Mm. And, um, you know, th- there is that question, and I think ultimately where I go with that is, what kind of life do I want her to have? And I think some of the millennials have hit the nail on the head here is that some of that balance is more important because they didn't have it when they were younger. A lot of them were so busy and so structured that they essentially gave up their childhoods to get to where they are. And like you said, they're in debt, right? Right. (laughs) They gave up all their financial freedom too. And so uh, figuring out of uh, wanting the kid to be healthy and not... Full of anxiety and uh, in therapy constantly because she's so stressed out and uh, you know suicidal, which is what you know we're seeing increased numbers of that too. So for me, it's trying to find the right balance to let her struggle through on her own and, and stay back and let her feel the pain sometimes when there's pain involved and not jump in and try to to solve it for her, but uh, also try to push her enough so that she does achieve. level that she can
0: to continue that thread uh what's what's your tip or or recommendation for parents because i know that for example i'll watch um my co-parent my wife uh you know do what i interpret as hovering right you know helicoptering as i've said you know cutting my son's eggs and everything else for him and i'll ask her in a quiet moment usually um you know could you back and we agree with it, right? We think, yeah, we should back off, but in the moment, we can't seem to. Is there a tip? Is there something? Do we need to take up knitting so we have something else to focus on?
2: <laughs> you know, they actually have um, orientations for parents now when they're dropping their kids off at college uh, to help the parents let go, right? Same thing. I mean, you're talking younger so, age, right? Yeah. But. And some of what they do is they tell the parents, hey, you know, in a nice way, of course, it's time to get a life. Right. (laughs) You know, like you can't be uh, following your kids around anymore because they're off in college. You need to find, you know, maybe focus on your relationship, maybe focus on hobbies that you haven't done. And it goes back younger, too. And think about this, though. The responsibilities that you have for these kids is role modeling as well. Mm. Right. And if you have nothing in your life besides cutting their eggs for them, Right. I mean, what are they learning that is important in life? So to see the parents out there doing other things, enjoying life, uh, enjoying each other, mm. which a lot of us forget to do because right. we're so concerned with the kids now, as a positive role modeling for them, and that's a responsibility too that will help them grow up into healthy individuals in the future. So I try to think of that, and you know, the other thing is in the moment is constantly asking myself, what can the child do? Mm. Well, you know what can't they do? What what can they do? And how much you know? Can I let them take step by step approach? You know, maybe it's also the context. Like we're in a hurry today. I don't have time to do the laundry because the kid makes a huge mess. You know, so uh, I'm going to do it for them. But you know, today whatever day it's uh, we don't have anything going on. I'm going to let them struggle through it and figure it out.
0: Beautiful. Um, let's talk. Let's you know. I like to bounce around. Uh, leadership. You work with everything from Fortune 100 companies to non for profits and NGOs to um, uh, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, people just starting out. What's something, if you could wave your magic wand and give it to mm. people who work in organizations, organizational leaders, uh, if you could shift one thing or, or give them all one gift, what would it be?
2: Ooh, boy, a magic wand, maybe giving them the magic wand. <laughs> I would say giving them a little more time to think I mean I think that's what we're missing so much mm. is is time to think and reflect. People are so busy on their phones answering questions on emails and texts without actually stopping to think. And one thing that I advise leaders on a lot is to put in your calendar because this is the only way it happens is downtime. Mm. And there're no interruptions at that time. You're not going to be checking emails or on your phone and 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 it's just a time to reflect. And that'll help you figure out what your priorities really are, and uh, what the priorities are for the organization. You know, so you can think about what to do, rather than just being so reactive all the time.
0: As someone who seems a little bit productive yourself, having uh, not only attended and graduated from prestigious universities, but also lived in extraordinary places and uh, managed the the exigencies of life, such as a, a long term marriage and a, and being a parent, but also writing a book and uh, starting and running your own company. Um, what, do you have effectiveness tips or tips about focus or anything that we can use for those of us who have been meaning to get around to starting our company, writing our book and becoming a parent?
2: (laughs) Just do it. Right. That's the the Nike slogan. Right. But, um, you know, we, we often don't do things because we're afraid. All right. And so feeling the fear and understanding it, that it's okay to be scared And just taking a step forward uh, is the way to go because uh, change is always uncomfortable. And uh, even the best changes, getting married, you know, buying a house, even though they are really positive things in our life, they Mm -hmm. add stress to our lives. And so understanding that there will be some stress and and some discomfort and being willing to uh, deal with that is what will help you move forward
0: your uh spouse is an extraordinarily successful human as well and uh what's his job?
2: He's a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> a very successful one. Oh very oh yes, very actually. successful. One. Yeah.
0: I think you dropped something. <laughs> um, okay so uh how do you run how do you run the house two busy extraordinary <laughs> brilliant people and then there's a kid.
2: Well, I won't say there isn't any conflict. <laughs> <laughs> And being with a lawyer, I have to constantly remind him: No, no, we're on the same team. We're right, not correct. the opposing counsel <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> Thank you for bringing your boxes of evidence, but this is our bedroom. So. All right.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a give and take, and a determination, and um, the imperfections there. Understanding that things will slip sometimes, and you know, I also think. I mean, we're talking about the parenting piece. When I can't pick my kid up from school on time and she has to stay after and sit in the library and do homework, that's a good lesson for her to learn. You know, it's not all about her. And sometimes you just have to sit in the library and be bored or whatever and do your homework and not have a wonderful Afternoon at home or wherever she (laughs) wants to go on
0: your tablets. Yeah,
2: so yeah, yeah, it's it's a matter of life lessons for all of us.
0: Yeah, I'll give you a life lesson from when (laughs) I was in the library at school once. Uh, Don't set fires. Don't do that. (laughs) All right. Uh, It's just delightful to spend time with you. Um, What's next for you? You've got leadership development. uh, You've written a book. Do you have another one in the works?
2: I actually am working on another book. And, uh, still working, uh, I'm not going to go into the details of it yet because Mm. it's, it's early on in the, in the, um, inklings of the book, but I do a lot of public speaking too. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I've been focusing on this year. It's, it's fun to get out there and get on stage and talk to people face to face. It's also good on the radio, but (laughs) I, I like having the audience there.
0: And it's, you're just a delightful and warm presence in person. And I'm trusted it, uh, communicates through all the media. Um, anything that you're that you oh man I just really want to delve into that next book but I'm going to leave it alone um, <laughs> let's talk about your um vision of leadership right so leadership is changing we talked about that and the cultural awareness is so many things to um, uh, be aware of and sort of juggle as leaders including the logistics including the technology changes when you look at the future of leadership what do you see
2: I see lots of change. I mean, we've been dealing with that for a while now, but we're also dealing with companies changing quite a bit to have more external people than internal people, and the the workplace is shifting a lot, so being flexible. And when I uh, consult and coach with people in organizations, so many of the values of the organization is being able to adapt and be flexible and um, be resilient, be strong. Uh, in the moment, because you're going to get things thrown your way that you're not expecting, so those are the things that, that I think are also so important, especially for the millennials who didn't have as much of that growing up. Those will be focus points for them to develop.
0: Change. <laughs> um, anything that you're reading these days or recommending to your leadership client?
2: Oh, my favorite book is, well, a new uh, edition just came out, which is True North by Bill George. Oh, nice. Yes, I love that book because it's about your compass, you know, finding what is your true north, and that's what he says is your direction as a leader, and there's a lot of um, information there about authentic leadership as well, which I find extremely valuable.
0: Bill George, a man with two first names. Mm-hmm. Well, our time has flown by. We're in, down to our last minute and a half or so, and I want to give it to you. If you had a parting thought or a parting shot to tell 50,000 or so coaches today, what would you have <laughs> us know or think about?
2: Well, I would say that uh, dealing with the different generations of people is an important thing to think about, because there are a lot of conflicts out there, and more so than in the past, just uh-huh. because our our shifts in the workplace are um, accelerating with technology and the globalization, so considering how you can uh, be aware of that and also help people manage those kind of conflicts by having that inquiry mindset and working with empathy to get them through that, then you'll have people getting along a much a lot much getting along much better.
0: So great. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, You're a delightful in-person, and I'm honored to have spent time with you. Thank you. That's Dr. Joni B. Connell. You can find her, of course, through her book and the website uh, for it, Flying Without. This is Flying Without a Helicopter, How to Prepare Young People for Work and Life. If you're watching us, you can see an actual live copy of it. Of course, it's available wherever fine Books are available. And if you've got an organization or are thinking of starting one, check her out at FlexibleWorkSolutions.com Thank you so much for being with us. Um, All right. Uh, I would normally at this point give you program notes, but I'm not even going to look for them. I'm just going to tell you thank you for being with us, our dear listener. We appreciate you very much. Each week here, uh, right here, we bring you people out on the cutting edge of leadership, development, of coaching, and just plain human development. You're listening to The Coaching Show, our privilege to bring you this program for over 15 years, uh, right here on wsradio.com, the worldwide leader in internet talk, or through accomplishmentmedia.com, or wherever fine podcasts are available. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.
1: Nowadays, internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's ESET.com.
0: Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at ScaleYourBusinessToolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619 630 2444.
1: Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol. And it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.